And welcome back. This is Wake Up Memphis. I'm Steve Gill filling in for Ben Dieter today. He's under the weather. He'll be back tomorrow. But in the meantime, you can join us on the phone lines and on the air, 901-260-5926, if you want to add your voice to the conversation. Also, if you'll go to The Gill Report at Twitter, at uh, The Gill Report, uh, you can find links to some of the stories we're talking about today. Uh, The uh, Tennessee Supreme Court picks our attorney general in Tennessee. It's unique. Most states, uh, the citizens elect their attorney general, their legal representative in Tennessee. We have a court-appointed attorney, and i got to say, for the first time in my lifetime, we actually have a court-appointed attorney that I'm happy to have represent me. Attorney General uh, Jonathan Scrimetti is relatively new to the job, just uh, took uh, over this year, and he's on our newsmaker line this morning. Jonathan, good to have you with us. Hey, great to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me. You know, you have uh, been on a strong run right out of the blocks. You know, we've got Republican conservative attorney generals around the country who are literally the front line fight against the Biden e- executive orders. You know, he can't pass stuff through Congress, but he does these executive orders. And attorney generals like you have been leading the fight against it. And and one of the new fights that you're involved in involves Florida, where they passed a law requiring that that biological uh, gender, male, female, would dictate whether you could play female sports, a transgender a uh, guy who identifies as a woman is wanting to play female sports. Uh, a, a, a lawsuit's been filed by him, and you've joined with, I think, 21 other uh, Republican attorney generals, including Steve Marshall in Alabama, Sean Reyes in Utah. I mean, uh, Alan Wilson in South Carolina. The attorney generals on the Republican side are doing a great job. What are the prospects of, of you guys being able to push back against this uh, transgender claim of identity overcoming biology? The prospects are good. So the, the argument here is it essentially boils down to, to two things. First of all, what does Title IX mean? Uh, Title IX is the, the federal law. It's been around for 50-plus years uh, that protects opportunities for girls and women in education and, and school sports. It's been a great law. It's done a great job. You see a lot of women just really blossoming as a result of the opportunities they've had. Uh, this has been a good thing, and these uh, these gender issues threaten to to undermine that. Uh, and the other issue is, does Florida get to decide what is a girl? Uh, and that's the issue that we really weighed in on in this amicus brief, is the right of Florida to say, if we're going to have these two categories, do we get to decide what they mean? And if you look back at, it's it's some fairly old law now, but old laws about racial classifications, like what counts as a Hispanic uh, the courts have always said, we're not going to really wade into this fight. We're going to let the people defining it say. And so uh, Florida is in a strong position to say, we know what a girl is. We have defined what a girl is. And we are going to say that only girls are allowed to play on girls' teams. So I think we've got a great shot in this case. You know, the irony is that, as you mentioned, Title IX, which was intended to create opportunities for girls and women, is being undercut by those who are undercutting the opportunities for girls and women by having guys compete as, quote, women, uh, and just, you know, overwhelming. I I actually looked a a few years ago uh, when this first started bubbling up that if uh, – the the most I guess the most well known transgender Bruce Jenner um, had competed as a woman back in the Olympics when he was a guy uh, he would have set records his his hundred meter dash time in the Olympics as a tri- as a uh, decathlete was like a full second faster than the best woman hundred meter dash uh, athlete in the Olympics it, it, by that standard it would just completely destroy women's sports. It absolutely would. You'd, if 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 this 
goes unchecked, you'll have two boys teams, and the girls will be sitting off in the corner again, which is exactly what Title IX was designed to prevent. Well, and it really doesn't it, Jonathan, raise the issue of why do we have separate but equal? If if we're just going to have guys can compete as women, why just not just have a basketball team and everybody compete, the best ones make it, the best volleyball team players? I mean, it really has the opportunity to destroy the, the whole set-aside of women's sports because if you couldn't have separate but equal for black and white, why separate but equal for men and women in sports? Yeah, and I mean, that's the risk here. And in Title IX, I mean, the, the Congress recognized that it's important to have separate opportunities, that if you didn't have separate opportunities, then in a lot of situations, girls would have no opportunities. And, you know, you look at the numbers in the classroom, girls are out achieving boys by far now. And, you know, we probably need to look at that imbalance for, for its own sake. But, I mean, it just shows that if you if you give people an opportunity, they can really run with it. You don't want to yank the rug out from under them and say, all right, girls, you've had your fun. Um, now we're going to go back to the old days just with a slightly different spin on it. I mean, Title IX's worked. It's been a good law. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned that at a time when I think the disparity between men and women attending college was like 51 to 49, slight male uh, imbalance. There was almost hysteria that we needed to even and level the field, and now that disparity is is much more women overcoming men, and yet there's no concern at all for the for the fact that, that, that we've kind of tilted the uh, – uh, the the field so much that we need to you know perhaps again explore what what are we doing are we over uh, balancing things that we've created an imbalance one of the other issues I know Jonathan that uh, you're talking about and and getting into is the FDA is trying to uh, over um, overwhelm state laws regarding abortion drugs being sent out by mail drugs that induce abortion and you've joined again with other uh, Republican attorney generals to try to fight back against the FDA deciding that their rules trump state law. Yeah, and this is just a basic federalism issue. Dobbs, the United States Supreme Court decision that rolled back Roe versus Wade, uh, says that it's up to states to decide what their abortion laws are. Different states can have different laws. Well, immediately the administration said, whoa, 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 we're going to do everything we can to make sure everybody has full access to abortions which is in defiance of the Supreme Court and our federalist system. And so there's actually a federal law that says you're not allowed to mail abortion-inducing drugs through the mails. Uh, The FDA ignored that in a rush to try to pass this rule that allows them to send these drugs anywhere. And we have all sorts of uh, regulations in Tennessee. Elective abortions are prohibited. There's a law against sending abortion-inducing drugs by mail. They have to be administered in a medical facility by a medical professional. Uh, so this is just a, an effort to blow through all the laws that our legislatures put in place, blow through the checks and balances of our federalist system, all to achieve a policy outcome because the administration hates the idea of different states having different laws on this issue. I, I know it's uh, it's just happened, but in Shelby County last night, the Shelby County Commission voted 8-3 to three to spend uh, $5 million on a on a study to uh, provide reparations, to provide uh, money to black people and black organizations, uh, not to white, Hispanic, or Asian, just to black people. And they're wanting apparently to use COVID dollars, state and federal COVID dollars. Have you seen anything about this? And do you know, can COVID dollars be used in a racial way to distribute money just to people of one particular race? You know, I I haven't seen anything about this yet. I would 
I would not want to issue any pronouncements without thoroughly vetting the legal issues, but I think there's certainly ground for concern anytime you're talking about any race-based classification. I mean, the, the Supreme Court, going back to Brown versus Board of Education, has had concerns about that. And you have the current cases uh, where we're still waiting for a decision about affirmative action in universities. And I think there's a lot of speculation that the court may uh, may really reinforce the idea that you're not allowed to make race-based decisions in America. Yeah, and unfortunately, the, the Shelby County Commission, in, in a pretty uh, heated uh, discussion at one point, one of the black commissioners said that the uh, uh, a white commissioner who was opposing it, that her whiteness triggers her. Uh, again, it, it was... Very, uh, very clear racism on display, and we'll see how it uh, plays out as it uh, as it moves forward. W- what else are you moving on? Again, uh, Jonathan Scrimetti, the Attorney General for Tennessee, uh, you know, on a on a whole host of issues lining up to to oppose the Biden administration's executive orders that that go completely afoul of both federal law and and state law. What else is on your kind of hot ticket item these days? Sure. So there's. A lot of the work that we're doing is very much in a partisan vein. Uh, you know, there are solid legal reasons for it, but you see the Republican states line up on one side, the Democratic states line up on the other. But we're also doing some really interesting bipartisan stuff. Uh, and the one that I really want to focus on is our investigation into the social media companies for the mental health impact they're having on kids. So the AG of Colorado, Phil Weiser, and I are leading this. It's a 50-state multi-state, and you know, we're talking to all sorts of experts. We're looking at all sorts of legal theories. We're obviously up against some of the most powerful companies in the world on this, but the evidence is strong that kids are getting hurt. And so as part of that, we're going to do some town hall meetings in Tennessee looking to hear stories from people whose families, whose churches, whose schools have been affected by social media use by kids. Uh, so we're going to be in Clarksville on March 2nd, in Jackson on March 9th, and in Chattanooga on March 27th. So if anybody from West Tennessee wants to come out to the Jackson Town Hall, uh, it's at 6 p.m. on March 9th. You know, did it get worse during COVID? Because I know the isolation, the separation. I'm sure children spend a lot more time on social media than they would when they at least had to pretend they were paying attention in school. Can you tell whether it was exacerbated by the COVID shutdowns? I have to think it was. You know, a lot of the data takes time to process. So you're looking more at, like, generational effects. And I know that some of these studies go back, you know, 15 years, 20 years. Um, So I don't know how strong the evidence is yet of COVID having a bigger impact. But the terrifying thing is, even pre-COVID, you were seeing all these horrific effects on kids' mental health, suicide rates going up, self-harm going up, depression going way up. Uh, There are a lot of mental health issues that have been, at the very least, severely exacerbated. And there's evidence that the companies knew exactly what was happening didn't have any transparency about it and did things that made it worse. It's interesting, you know, TikTok is one of those social media outlets that uh, there are concerns about because of the Chinese perhaps gathering and, and sucking data, you know, from yes, from uh, from Americans. Uh, the University of Tennessee lobbyist is opposing an effort by the state to ban TikTok on University of Tennessee uh, and other state campuses because apparently the University of Tennessee servers are in Canada so they can't really restrict it. So things you just don't even think about till it comes to light. Yeah, you know, TikTok is shockingly becoming a really bipartisan issue. I'm hearing from a lot of Democrats uh, that they have grave concerns about the national security implications. We've basically given uh, the Chinese Communist Party a pipeline into the brains of every young American. 
uh, and they're being very selective. You look at what TikTok looks like in China, you look at what it looks like here, and it is very clear that the differences are intentional and they are not good for America. Yeah, they don't need spy balloons when they can go right onto our phones and uh, our computers. Uh, Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti, great to talk with you, my friend. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Steve. Take care.